If you're trying to grow a business, and I think that's why you're here, you already know that video content is super important. We are constantly getting clear signs every single day that if we're not using video for our businesses, we'd better start. And when you sit down and think about it, the recent additions to social media platforms are all video heavy. I mean, just take TikTok or Facebook Live or Instagram's IGTV stories and reels, for example. They're all video centered and social media algorithms heavily prefer live video content. And so I think we can finally admit that the absence of a video strategy in your business could be costing you serious growth. But showing up on video, especially live, is super tough. I'm not here to candy coat that. I mean, when I think about that three, two, one countdown timer for showing up live, I get a straight up pit in my stomach. I just want to retreat back to the safe land of posting a selfie using my favorite filter or preset or posting a blog after it's been reviewed and edited. But video is a lot harder to show up for because it leaves us feeling exposed, raw, and vulnerable. I mean, what if we burp on live video? (laughs) So today's guest, Holly G of Holly G Studios, is here today to help take the scaries out of showing up for your business in this sometimes frightening way. Holly spends her time teaching leading entrepreneurs how to create video content that is purpose-driven and strategic, videos that move your business forward and have a bigger purpose. Holly is over a decade into creating a thriving business using video, and now she has invested herself in teaching others how to rid themselves of the fear and the mindset blocks that can come with needing to show up on video, especially live video, in your business. She also has a program called Video Made Easy, and she refers to it as not just video for your business, but business cinema. So I knew she was the perfect guest to come on and talk to us today about video. And I gotta say, Holly brings so much energy and actionable advice to the table that today's show is going to be a real treat for you. So if you've been hearing about the massive benefits of using video to grow your business, but you have no idea what to do or how to get started or how to deal with all of those fears you have, well, you are in the right place, my friend. So without further ado, let's roll film or hit record or whatever. (laughs) You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Holly. Welcome to the show. I am so excited. Actually, you have no idea how excited I am to talk to you about how to nail video in your business. How are you today? I'm doing well, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me on. I could literally talk about video all day long. So I'm super excited to chat with your people about this. Amazing. So full disclosure, I have my own hangups with video. So I feel like this is just a full on consultation (laughs) today and I've been looking forward to it. But why don't we start by talking about you. How did you come to be a video guru? 
So it started for me way back. Do you want the short version or the short, short version? <laughs> Let's go with the short version. Okay. Not too short. <laughs> so it started for me back in 2008. I was living and working in Florida and I was a licensed real estate agent in 2008, the housing or 2007, really the housing market bubble burst. And I was working as a licensed real estate agent and the office manager for my brokerage and my broker was like, you know, I'm going to have to let you go soon. I'm like, okay, I saw it coming. I knew the books. <laughs> and I was like, well, I was left at a crossroad. What do I really want to do with, you know, my life and where do I want to go and what's going to be fulfilling for me and what's going to make me happy? And I thought, well, I can get just another office job and that'll be fine and I'll be able to make a living. But I don't want to be having the same conversation with myself 10 years down the road. Mm-hmm. thinking I just wasted the last 10 years and I had had that opportunity to do something different. So I took some time off and really did some soul searching to figure out what it was that I was passionate about, what it was that I wanted to do. And And I was sitting at home because I was unemployed, watching TV, watching the Travel Channel. And a commercial came on for the Travel Channel Academy, which teaches people how to shoot and edit video Travel Channel style. And I thought, what a dream job. I would love to work for the Travel Channel and be able to travel around and, you know, either do photography or videography. And so I went to, it was like a little school, a class they put together, a workshop. I went to the workshop and I absolutely loved it. And from there that grew into another opportunity to shoot a documentary in Mexico. So I spent the summer of 2008 traveling around Mexico, shooting a documentary, which was amazing and so much fun. And I learned how to rock climb and I learned how to surf while I was there. And I learned a lot about production, a lot about myself because it was really, you know, just a great opportunity to kind of get away from it all and really be submerged in that environment. And I absolutely loved it. And when I came back, I met with every production company within a 50 mile radius of where I was living. And I was like, hey, I'm, you know, what is what's everybody doing? They're like, we're not doing anything. So I was like, you know what? I'm moving back to New York, which is where I grew up. And Mm -hmm. within a few weeks, I had an internship with a documentary production company. And that led to tons of other opportunities. And I ended up freelancing in New York City as a camera operator, video producer and editor starting from 2008 through probably about 2013 when I started this business, which I'm doing now. And it was just kind of like a natural progression. In 2010, I started a production company to help website, people who were building websites create video or people who were interested in doing videos for YouTube or you know people who had smaller businesses or maybe were entrepreneurs and were looking for a way to create video content that was affordable. So I started a production company. I started working with people and then I realized, oh, 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 everybody has the same questions and concerns when it comes to video, which is I want to make video, but I don't know what kind of video I want to make. I want to make video, but I'm not ready to be the face of my business and I want to make video, but it's expensive and I don't have the budget for it or I don't know how much I should budget for it or I don't have the budget at all for it. So I was like, okay, let me go back to the drawing board. And I started a new company called Media Prep Group. And this was all about preparing business owners to present themselves and their businesses on camera and in the media. And we were doing, I teamed up with a media coach and a public speaking coach, a media trainer and public speaking coach. And we started doing live events in New York City. And I was like, you know what? This business model is all wrong. I went back to the drawing board and that's when I kind of discovered the online world and how I could kind of bring all of my skills and expertise into an online business, which I started in 2013 and never looked back. Amazing. And like, what a relevant skill set to have developed. Like, I feel like you just picked the exact right path. So <laughs> smart. So... Let's start with the most obvious question about video in an online business or in a small business for that matter. Why is showing up with video content in your business important? Showing up with video content in your business is important 
whether you have a brick and mortar business and you're dealing with people face to face or you have an online business, which is it's extremely even more important to have video because people don't have that opportunity to you know, literally look you in your eyeballs and shake your hand and get a sense of who you are from mm-hmm. your presence But you can do that if you incorporate video into your business and use video as a way for you to connect with your audience and to have them get to know you on a personal level without actually physically having to be in the same room as them. It Mm -hmm. is there is no other you out there, right? There is no other you. Nobody's going to be making another you anytime soon. And it's also a great way to differentiate yourself from other people who are doing the same thing that you do because your personality is going to shine through, you know, who you are and how you talk and how you teach and what you stand for. And all of these things are going to come through in your videos. And that's going to be amazing for both attracting the right people and repelling the wrong people. I say video is great for attracting and repelling at the same time. Mm-hmm. Amazing. So can you tell me a little bit about how video content differs from more traditional content like a blog post or an Instagram photo with a caption or that kind of thing? Well, it's a little bit more in depth, right? So obviously, there's a lot more things happening than just writing a blog post. If I want to write a blog post, maybe I don't have to do my hair and I could be in my pajamas and no one would notice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but when you're doing video, depending on how you want to show up and you know the kind of on-camera presence you want to have and what you want to project as far as the level of your business, right? Obviously, you know, you want it to be in alignment with what you do. So if I'm like teaching people yoga, I'm not going to show up in a suit, right? But if I am appealing to corporations and other professional industry, then maybe I don't want to show up in my pajamas or my yoga pants and stuff like that. So it's a little more intensive as far as setting it up in comparison to writing a blog post or just posting something on social media. The way that I talk about video and how I teach it is it's heavy on the pre-production side, which is the planning side. So 60 to 65% of the process is planning. So when you spend the majority of the time up front fleshing out your ideas, writing a loose script or bullet points or whatever it is that's going to work for you, which is a little more you know, intensive up front, but the payout on the back end is so much greater than just a tweet or a social media post or a blog post even. It has so much more life. It has so much more lifetime value, right? So mm-hmm. if I were to post a video on YouTube, I have videos that I created years and years ago that still get hundreds of views every day today because of the fact that YouTube is a search engine, right? And people are searching on YouTube for content, whether you created it today or six years ago, you know, you have the opportunity to show up in those search results and to have people watch your video. Whereas if I were to create a blog post, if I didn't optimize it properly with all of the SEO, you know, the odds of somebody stumbling across that through Google search or a different search engine, maybe not as likely as it would be if I had taken that same content and turned it into a video. And we're not even going to touch how long different social media posts last because it's minutes and they're gone, seconds sometimes. They're gone. Yeah. Totally. And I think maybe you can speak to this much better than I could, but I've heard rumblings about the algorithm of things and that social media platforms are, you know, have a preference for video content and specifically live video content. Can you speak to that? I would definitely say yes, that's an accurate statement. And I think, you know, as things are leaning more toward every stat is leaning more toward videos not going anywhere. And I, you know, I used to joke around and everybody used to be like, it's a year of video. I'm like, yeah, it's a year of video. It's been the year of video for like the last seven years. I don't know where you've been. 
right? Every year is the year of video and it's just getting stronger and getting more entwined in every social media platform, in every business. And it's almost like equating, like if you didn't have a business card back in the day, you didn't really have a business. Well, now it's like, if you don't have video for your business, you're really getting left behind at this point. And I think that, you know, all of the social media platforms have realized that and they're really helping people who are using live video and people who are using video kind of stand out in the algorithm. Mm -hmm. And I think that shows. And I know my coach really pushes me toward putting out live video. And I have to admit, I don't think that there's anything that I'm more afraid of. And so again, really happy to be talking with you about this today. And I think that listeners can probably agree, like it's a frightening thing to show up on video for some reason. Like what if I accidentally burp while I'm talking on a live video? Or what if I lose my train of thought? And all of these fears that kind of bubble to the surface when you're thinking about putting together a video. I'm wondering if you can speak to a little bit about how to reduce those fears with showing up live. thousand percent. Reducing the fear, because it can be super nerve wracking going live. And for all those reasons you just said, like, what if you lose your train of thought? Or like, what if you burp? Or what if the whole time you had something stuck in your teeth and nobody told you? Or, (laughs) you know, the worst of them all, what if nobody shows up? Right. Mm. So there's so, you know, so many things. The first tip I have is experience will breed confidence, right? So the more you build up those live video muscles, the easier it's going to become. And a lot of those fears just start to kind of vanish and just kind of disappear. I would say people aren't expecting your live video to be super pro and super polished. And they're a little bit more forgiving of like things that could potentially happen. Like, you know, you forgot what you were saying. Or one of my big things always was like, what if somebody asks me something and I don't know the answer? I'm going to look like I don't know what I'm talking about and have all of this like inner conversation about how I'm not really a professional because what if somebody asks me a question and I don't know the answer and how it's going to just make me look awful. And, but at the end of the day, I flipped that for myself. And what I tell people now when I do go live or when I'm doing a summit or a broadcast or anything like that, it's like, I don't know the answer to your question. This is fantastic because now we both have the opportunity to learn something together. You know, and I always make sure that if I don't have the answer at the time it's being asked, that I get back to that person. Because obviously if they're asking, somebody else probably wants to know. And this is good information to just have. Some other tips that I could share about just being a little bit more comfortable and confident with going live are, one, have a plan. When you have a plan, it really helps kind of eliminate some of the fear of like, what am I going to say? What if this happens? Like you just go back to the plan, right? Or like, what if I forgot what I was talking about? Like having a plan. And this will help you stay on track while you're talking during the live because people are going to be asking questions. And sometimes that can throw you off track or take you down some rabbit hole that you didn't necessarily intend to go. But when you have a plan, you have like a paper with a plan on it, which I always recommend having something written down in front of you so that you can just glance down at it and get yourself back on track. The next thing is it's not about you. I know it can be feel like mm-hmm. super nerve wracking and everybody's staring at you, but it's not about you, right? Focus on the people who are watching and how you can actually help them. And when you do that, it kind of takes some of the pressure off yourself because you're doing what you do because you want to be of service to your people. So, you know, don't let your own fears and hangups prevent you from being able to do that because somebody out there is waiting for you and only the way that you can show up. Another tip is like invite a friend to show up and support you in the comments and just kind of be a friendly, you know, what you can't see them, but a friendly kind of presence on live, a friendly presence on the live that can just help you feel more comfortable. And then last but not least, like let go of 
perfection. Nobody's perfect. Nobody's expecting you to be perfect. You don't need to be perfect. It's not. And even the more perfect you try to be, the less relatable you become because nobody's perfect. And they're like, oh, mm-hmm. look at this person. They're so perfect. Can't relate mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the realer, the better. And then we can see ourselves in the person and it becomes just a much better, more authentic experience. You create such a stronger connection when you're able to do that, when somebody can see what you're doing exactly and relate to it. Amazing. So I feel like you touched on this with your tips for showing up live, but I want to ask the question for people who are listening and they're thinking, okay, great. Video sounds like I need to add that to my business, but I have no idea what to make a video about or what to share on video. Do you have any sort of advice there? Yes. So I always recommend that you start with your most common questions. What are your most frequently asked questions? This is going to be obviously if one person's asking, more people are asking. And it's a great way to kind of direct people back to like your YouTube channel, for example, and say, you know what? I've already answered that question. Here's the video. Go check it out. You know, so common questions is a big one. I recommend, I have the four pillars of pre-production, which is foundational and step one. And part of the first thing I share with people when they're working with me and even when they're not working with me, I tell everybody, listen, if you don't know the answers to these four questions, put your camera down and walk away because you're going to be creating content and it's going to be just for the sake of creating content. It's not really going to help move your business forward. So foundational is the four pillars of pre-production, which are why, who, what, and how. Why? Why are you making videos? Why do you care? Why does anybody else care? How does it fit into the bigger picture of your business? Like why? What is the why behind creating video? If you're just doing it because so-and-so is doing it, you don't really know why you're doing it or you just think you should be doing it, but it's not really something you want to do. That's all going to come out and it's just going to end up not really working for you, right? So you really need to get clear on why you're actually doing it. Then who? Who is your audience? Who are you talking to? Who's going to be watching? What are their burning questions? What are their problems or issues to the solutions that you have? You have the solution. What are their issues? What are their problems? What do they need from you? And how can you help them via your video? That brings us to the what. What are you going to be talking about? And it's basically what they need to know. And I'll get into something a little bit more in just a second on that. And then last but not least, how? How are you going to be doing it? Because if you know why, who, and what, but you don't know how, it's going to fall flat. You're just going to procrastinate and it's just going to be an item that's on your to-do list forever and ever. And you're never actually going to get to it. So really flesh out, like what equipment do I have? What do I need? What can I borrow? What can I rent? What can I buy? How much time do I have? How much budget do I want to put toward this? What are my markers? What are my goals? What am I going to be tracking? When am I going to call it if it's not working? Or because video is a long-term strategy. It's not like I'm just going to make six videos and then I'm going to go famous and people are going to be like, I can't wait to work with you, throwing money at your feet. Like that's not how it works. I wish it did, but it doesn't. You know, it's a long-term strategy. So you need to be in it for the long haul. So you need to be committed as well. Back to the what of it all. So know the answers to those four questions first and foremost. The next thing is like, what are your buckets? And buckets I use synonymously with categories or topics. Like what are your areas of expertise that you can just talk and talk and talk and talk about? Break those down into at least four different buckets and then create content around those buckets. And ideally, it all points back to the X on the map, which is where are you making money? You know, start with where is my income coming from? How am I making money? What am I selling in my business? Whether it's services, products, courses, and then you create backwards from there. So you're basically reverse engineering your content. So you're figuring out what you have for sale and then figuring out what people need to know in order to eventually come down the line and buy the products and services that you have for sale. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So really getting into the mind of the person who you're trying to attract and understanding sort of what they need to know before they purchase, what their objections to purchasing might be, yes. all of that kind of good stuff and make a video about it. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. So let's talk a little bit about the tech of creating video because I know that that is bound to be a barrier for a lot of people. And if they're anything like me, they're probably going to overcomplicate it beyond function. So can we talk a little bit about how do I set up to take a video? What tech do I need? What do I need to know? Sure. First things first, take a deep breath. You got this. (laughs) And I guarantee you have a camera within three feet of you right now. And the camera you have is the best camera to use because people are like, what should I upgrade? What do I need? Like, can I get buy all the things? And that's not actually how it works. You have to get started with what you have and then you can upgrade your equipment as you go. So as long as you have a camera and the only upgrade I usually recommend is audio because audio is super important. If you don't have clear audio, people are a lot less forgiving of that as opposed to maybe not as good of a visual. But if it's terrible audio, you're going to lose people immediately. So whatever camera you have, whether it's your laptop cam or your camera in your computer, your desktop, your smartphone, pick a camera and then get a complimentary audio to go along with it. So for example, when I'm shooting with my iPhone, I use my Rode SmartLav, which is a lavalier mic created by Rode. And I just clip it on and it just upgrades the quality of the audio coming into the phone for my video recordings. And then if I'm recording with my computer, I have a Blue Yeti mic, which upgrades the quality and sound of my audio. For lighting, that's usually another stumbling block for people thinking they need, they don't have the lighting, the bad lighting. A couple of tips for that is if you can't afford to invest in like a ring light or a softbox or some additional lighting for your videos, what you can do is just use a window. Face yourself toward a window and use that as your lighting. So obviously you'd have to shoot during the day. So that limits your like time to shoot. So knowing when to shoot in a room during the day, because depending on the room you're in, the lighting is going to change throughout the day. And you want to be cognizant of that so that you're shooting at the right time of day. The next thing would be making sure that there's no light behind you. Kelly can see me right now, but you guys can't see me. There's a window behind my head. And if I didn't have another light source on my face, I would appear like I was in the witness protection program (laughs) because... The camera is going to compensate for the light behind you and then make you, the subject, very, very dark. So just be aware of that. You know, if you're in a room with your smartphone, hold it up and just kind of spin around the room and just watch how the lighting changes on your face and then choose the best location. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I know that there's like different ring lights and things like that on the market that you could use if maybe you need to film after dark or something like that. Maybe what we'll do is link some of these products in the show notes so that anyone who's looking to kind of get themselves set up to start taking video, you can click quickly to find that road lav mic and maybe a ring light if that's something that you'll need because you're going to be filming after dark and that type of thing. The other thing is... I always recommend if you're going to purchase a piece of equipment, always read reviews and then always make sure you can return it if it's not right or it doesn't work out for you. That's really important because you don't want to get stuck with equipment that just doesn't work for you, right? So always read reviews and make sure you can return it. Absolutely. And how about video length? 
Now, I've heard some say, you know, keep your videos within a couple of minutes because people's attention spans are short these days. Is there any best practices around video length? Definitely. And obviously it's different for each platform because each platform has different regulations as far as how long you can create content for on certain platforms. But generally speaking, let's just use as an example, you are just getting started out on YouTube. I would recommend you create shorter videos, what I like to call video snacks, like easily digestible, easily consumable, bingeable content that really gives people a taste of what you can do and really value packed videos where you're not just kind of going on and on. And the reason why I recommend, you know, creating a shorter style video to begin with is because you haven't built up an audience yet. So you're just getting started. So if I'm scrolling and I see your video compared to somebody else's video and your video is two minutes and somebody else's video is 15 minutes, like I'm going to go with the two minute video because I want my answer right now. I want it quick. I want it fast. I am, you know, obviously searching on YouTube to get an answer for something. And I don't necessarily have 15 minutes to invest in getting that answer. So you really want to be succinct with just in general, not even when you're just beginning, but just generally speaking, you want to be succinct. You want to be able to deliver value and you want to be able to do it in the shortest amount of time. There's a time and a place to have longer videos, but when you're just getting started and you're just starting to build up your audience and build those relationships and build that sense of reciprocity, you want to create video snacks. I like that a lot. And I think it does two things. One, it makes it a lot easier for your new audience to consume, but also I think it makes it a lot easier for you to produce because you know going into it that really all you have to do is keep it together for a couple of minutes. Yes. And I have a formula that I use for you know creating content for my YouTube channel and it's thriller, filler, spiller. So thrill, immediately tell the viewer like what's in it for them what are they going to get out of the video like don't start by giving me your bio like I just met you you know I just met you I literally came up to you and asked you a question and let's say I came up to you I'm like where's the bathroom you're like well you know did you know that I've worked here for 10 years and I know where every bathroom on the grounds are like no I just need to know where the bathroom is please help me yeah Yes, totally. It makes complete sense. I've heard a similar analogy that like someone shows up to an emergency room and, you know, they've got this problem. They don't want to hear the credentials of the people looking after them. They need to know the answer, how to fix the issue. All that stuff can come later if necessary. Exactly. So thrill immediately. So thrill your viewer, you know, create some intrigue, some curiosity, say something interesting to start with that's complementary to what you're talking about in your video. You don't want to be misleading in any way, right? So thrill your audience then you can introduce yourself or, you know, let people know there's more coming down the pipe or whatever have you at that point. The next is filler, which is the actual content. You're keeping the promise you created in the thriller and with the title and the description of your video so that somebody is actually getting what they searched for and they were looking for. And you can do this with like simple bullet points, one, two, three, you know, or this is X, Y, Z, really simply. And then spill. The spiller is final and it's basically your call to action. Where do you want your audience to spill over after they've completed watching the video? Because now you've built up a sense of reciprocity. You have an opportunity to ask for something in return, whether that's like the video, share the video, subscribe to my YouTube channel, or come and get this free content upgrade. I love it. So it gives you kind of that clear path of like how to structure your video. Do you have any other tips around sort of the production value or ways that, you know, a person who's new to putting out video for their business, ways for them to succeed and also build 
traction over time because that really, I think at the end of the day is the ultimate goal is to have people watching your video. So do you have any tips around how to ensure that you're building that momentum? Sure. You know, when you're creating your video content, it's more time intensive than some other forms of content, obviously. So you want that to kind of be your hub piece of content and a great way to kind of get some more mileage out of that content would be to, you know, repurpose it in other areas and then be able to continually use that content in multiple ways for multiple platforms. You could create quote graphics from it. You could create Instagram stories from it. You could create Instagram reels from it. You can create Instagram posts from it. And then what you can do is you can redirect people back to that main video. And this will start to create that traction over time where people are expecting to see that content. They're getting those other pieces of content from you. It's leading back into this video and it creates this like awesome circle, circle, not a hamster wheel, but a circle of goodness where people are... you know, you're, you're repurposing that content or what I call pollinating that content. And you are using it smartly because you've already done all the work up front and you're getting the most mileage out of that. And then you're also giving people an opportunity who may not be on your YouTube channel to be like, oh, you, you made a video about this. Let me go check that video out as well. Yeah, it's kind of like the opposite of a hamster wheel. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like leverage the content and be happy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh, hello there. Quick question for you. Does taking a great brand or product photo feel like a code you simply can't crack? Do you want to give up trying to create visual assets for your business before you've even started? Well, you're about to discover the secrets to taking powerful brand and product photos while strategically sharing them in a way that will serve your bottom line without adding hours of learning to your already packed up calendar. If you're a business owner, maker, influencer, or affiliate marketer, you already know that showing up online with beautiful imagery is super important. That's why I created this free online training especially for you to level up your brand and create the kind of imagery that catches the eye of your customer, the kind of imagery you can be proud of. During this retraining, you will learn my four-step framework for taking brand and product photos that will help you improve your sales and attract more customers without being salesy. You will also learn the top four mistakes most people make with brand and product photos and why these mistakes are costing them major profits. So, are you ready to up-level your visual brand assets? I thought so. For a limited time only, grab your seat for my free training at kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. That's kellylawson.ca slash free masterclass. I am so excited to be your teacher and I'll see you in class. So... What about things like, you know, I'm just thinking, I know I've seen people on YouTube really kind of nailing the production value and adding visuals. Like, are there any best practices around how you create your video in terms of what it looks like? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I talk about the professional triangle, and this is lighting, graphics, and audio. We've talked a little bit about lighting and audio already, but the other layer of it to make it look a little bit more polished, a little bit more professional, would be to add in some different graphics. And these can be, I know that sounds probably super overwhelming to somebody who's like, I never even edited a video before, now you want me to add in graphics. It can be done super simply using tools like Canva, 
you can create graphics in Canva and then bring them into your editing program. So let's just say, for example, you're using ScreenFlow, which is a very easy to use editing program. And you put your videos into ScreenFlow to edit them and you create graphics inside of, I have a tutorial on how to do this. It's on my YouTube channel. I'll share the link with you so you can share it with your audience. You create the graphics in Canva and then you bring those files into the editing program and you overlay them onto the video. So this could be text. It could be different images. It could be animated images. It could be lower thirds. It could be just, you know, bullet points of what you're talking about on the screen. It could be emojis, so many different things. Yeah. And just adds that kind of little extra element of personality and visual interest. And I think if listeners are like me, you're like, they're already thinking like, yes, add in some things so that I know that people are going to look at something other than my face when I'm showing up live. It also helps, like you said, it helps keep the visual really interesting and helps keep somebody's attention. You don't necessarily want to keep just one static image the whole time. Even with a shorter video, if you're adding some different things on the screen, it helps the viewer kind of absorb that information a little bit better. It makes it a little bit more interesting, creates a unique version of the video that you're creating. The other thing I wanted to talk about as far as, you know, the the professional quality and adding in different things. And you really want to stay on point with your branding, too. So you're adding in colors and fonts and things that are connected to your brand because that's going to create that consistency across multiple videos. The other thing that adds to the professionalness of your video is your background. It is your supporting actor. So, you know. Paying attention to what's happening behind you is also really important because you don't want to look like you have a plant growing out of your head or you don't want to see like your dirty laundry basket that you forgot to fold in the background and stuff like that. You want to make sure that everything that's in the frame is in the frame for a reason and is speaking to your audience and consistent with your brand. Do you mind sharing some ideas to inspire people for what could go into the backgrounds of their photos? Because I'm hearing what you're saying and I'm thinking like, oh yeah, I get it. But like, I'm not a set designer. I don't really know what should go in there. Yeah, I would first, you know, think like what you want your setup to be, right? So I have a Pinterest board where I created like all sorts of different inspiration for set design. So there's so many fun, creative things that you can do. And really, you know, sky's the limit. But some general tips are movement, probably not a good idea. Shiny things, not a good idea. Keeping it simple in the sense that it is not distracting from you, right? Simple in that regard, not necessarily simple in in a simple way, but not distracting. You don't want it to be overpowering. It's the supporting actor. You don't want to be overshadowed by your backdrop, by your set. You know, just picking out a couple of items that are not your brand or your business and just placing them in the background. Or it could be as simply as a plant and a chair, or it could be a whole bookshelf with all sorts of things on it. Or it could be another simple thing that you can do is just have some Christmas lighting hanging from the background. And this will create like a warm, glowy effect if you have a DSLR and you create that soft focus using a lens on a camera as opposed to a fixed lens. Absolutely. I love me a good bokeh. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about, I guess, the format that you take video in. I know that only because I'm in a program where video is definitely in the world of content, like video is highly encouraged, which is why I love everything that we're talking about here, because I think listeners really need to understand that video is the best content that you can put out there. But I'm wondering about format in terms of taking it to appear on a computer or a desktop versus mobile. So one would be landscape or horizontal versus taking the video in a vertical format. You want to consider the platform that you're going to be posting on, right? 
there are certain platforms that vertical video is going to be more suited for and other platforms where horizontal video is going to be more suited for. I think generally speaking, if you are, you know, you know that you're going to be wanting to repurpose a piece of content on multiple platforms, you can, the best rule of thumb would be to shoot horizontally because that is going to be, once you shoot vertical and you put vertical video on YouTube, it's not really as appealing as a horizontal video. So knowing like, let's say YouTube is your main place for your video content. You're going to shoot horizontally and then you can take that video, horizontal video, and you can turn it into a vertical video. And you can turn it into a video that's suitable for Facebook with burned captions into it. So you can take that one video and then repurpose it multiple places. Whereas if you shot vertical straight from the beginning and you know you were going to be using it on YouTube, it's not going to look as great than if you were to do it the other way around. So just generally speaking, keeping the platform in mind and what's going to be best on the platform. Totally. All right. And so I'm thinking that because you do this for a living, you're teaching students all the time, you probably have seen your fair share of common mistakes in Mm -hmm. the video world. Do you mind sharing with us a few of those common mistakes that people make when they're getting started? A thousand percent. I actually have a list of 10 that I like to share. (laughs) Can I share? share? I'll pick a few. I'll pick a few. First one is rambling like rambling. Like, so you really need to stay clear. You need to stay concise. You need to speak in short sound bites. This is going to help you keep the attention of your audience. So that is a common mistake. I see people going off on tangents and ramblings and it all goes back to not being prepared, not doing the pre-production ahead of time, which is another common mistake that I see where people are just like, okay, I'm going to rip the bandaid off. I'm going to make the video. I'm going to do the thing. Let's just do it. Run, run, run to the camera, sit down. And you hadn't done the four pillars of pre-production yet, which are why, who, what, how. So you're just making videos just because you know you should be making videos, but you don't really have a plan. You don't really have an agenda for your video. You don't know how long you're going to be making all the things. So, you know, that's another huge mistake. Just make sure you are on target with what your plan is, which leads into when you don't have a plan, which is winging it. Winging it. I say you're not a bird. Don't wing it, right? (laughs) You know, you have to do a little bit of pre-production with every single video. So pre-production in the sense of why are you doing it as a whole in your business? And then pre-production for every piece of content that you're creating where you're sitting down and you know why you're creating that piece of content or why you're creating that video and how it fits into the bigger ecosystem of your business. And you're not rambling because you wrote down a plan and you used my thriller filler spiller formula so that you know exactly what to say, when to say it, and you're using the video snack concept and creating these short little potato chip videos. Another thing is what not to wear. So sometimes if you're not feeling good in your outfit, it's going to come across on camera and certain things look better on camera than other things. I recommend wearing solid colors. You don't really want to wear like tight stripes or polka dots or tiny polka dots because it creates a weird moire. It's called a moire effect, which is just looks like wavy lines on camera. So that's another thing. Another huge common mistake I see is framing. It has to do with framing. So either people are leaving way too much room above their head and their head is like on the bottom of the screen on the corner. (laughs) You want to make sure when you're framing your video that you're either in the center, you want to consider the rule of thirds, which is think of the horizontal video image and break it down into nine equal squares. So there's two equally spaced vertical lines and two equally spaced horizontal lines. And you want your eyes to be either in the center where those lines meet or off to the left or off to the right, depending on how you frame your shot. If you're off to the left, you want to make sure that your body is tilted to the right. So that's the lead room, which is the space between the frame where you're sitting and the other side of the frame. 
I hope this is making sense. There's a visual thing, but I'm trying to explain it the best way I can. So the lead room is the space that's going to be to your right if you're on the left of the frame, right? And you want to make sure you're leaning toward that as opposed to the other way because it would look. Yeah, we can make sure that we include photos to illustrate that. I know exactly what you're talking about because these are also photography terms. So it makes complete sense to me. But just in case, we'll include some visuals in the show notes as well. Any other common mistakes that you see? Distracting backgrounds is another one just or, you know, not really have given the background any thought, you know, so, you know, really taking that into consideration and preparing a set, whether it's a set that you leave up or a set that gets taken down and put back up the next time you're shooting video, which FYI, if you're doing that, you need to batch record your video. Even if you're not doing that and you have a dedicated set in a space, you need to batch record your videos, which is you plan for multiple videos and then you record them all on the same day. And then you move on to the batching, the next part of the process, which is, you know, editing and then uploading and all of the other steps that go along with it. But yeah, those are just a few. Amazing. And obviously the batch recording is in the case of not doing it live. You can record it ahead of time, edit it, and then sort of drip it out as you need to in your business. Yes. So the last question that I have has to do with mindset. Mm -hmm. And it is, how do I, if I'm creating a video, deal with my fear and potential of the naysayers that are going to come along in the comments? (laughs) So many things. So many things. Okay. So, you know, Fear is understandable and it comes from, you know, our brain's just trying to keep us safe and it's it's scary being visible and being vulnerable and putting yourself out there for anybody to just say anything to you or about you or, you know, not be complimentary. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's very scary. But the thing that you need to take into consideration is that there are people out there waiting for you to help them and only the way that you can. And if you don't show up, they may not get that help from you that they could have, right? So keeping that in mind, knowing that there's a bigger reason, you know, at hand here, there's something bigger happening. And generally speaking, people want to see other people succeed, right? So most people are not going to be haters. Most people, and especially people who are coming to you to watch your content are interested in the subject matter that you're speaking about. Once in a while, a hater will kind of float in. Like I had a guy put a comment on one of my videos that said, (laughs) yeah, if I had cleavage or something like that, like people would watch my videos too. And I said, excuse me, sir, you don't need cleavage. You just squeeze your brains together and come up with stuff that people want to watch. So you don't need cleavage. See? (laughs) You've already got it up in your head. (laughs) Just squeeze your brains together and then you will create something that somebody wants to watch. Yeah, there's Um, all kinds of cleavage in your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, you just have to be okay with everybody not being okay with you. And that's totally fine. Not everybody is going to like you and that's okay. Yes. And I think that the more you put yourself out there, the easier it becomes because you start to kind of chip away at these mindset blocks that you have in your brain and you start to kind of creep in and go, oh, this is, it's not that bad out here. It's pretty good. And I really enjoy what I'm doing. And it just kind of over time, you'll be able to build up your video muscles and release some of those blocks. Yeah, and just keep the focus on who you're serving. You know, stay in your lane. Don't let anybody pull you out of it. And remind yourself that, you know, you're here for a reason. I always say in every single one of my videos, at the end of my videos, I always say, remember, you're someone's reason to smile, so don't give up. Somebody out there is waiting for you, so don't give up. And don't Mm -hmm. let a few haters who literally, you know, like, do you have something better to do? (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, don't let them stop you. Mm -hmm. from moving forward with your plan and your agenda. 
Yeah, it's not their show. It's your show. So don't let them run it. (laughs) I love it. So Holly, you have some free resources for listeners. Yeah, definitely. I had a go live checklist that I created, which I'd be happy to share with your audience. I'll make sure I get you a link for that. And I also have 10 ways to use video in your business. So it's different ways that you can use video in your business because it's not just face to camera video content marketing. There's so many different ways that you can, you know, start to incorporate video in your business, whether it's sending video messages to biz buddies or friends or new connections, or it is just using video testimonials in your business, or, you know, there's so many different ways to incorporate video. I also have a live planner that I can share with your audience that just kind of helps you get a little bit more comfortable and set out a plan. There's a pre-live checklist and then a post-live checklist that you can just kind of go through so that you know that you've crossed all your T's and dotted all your I's and you're ready to go live when that live is started. I love it. I can use that myself. So I'll be the first one to download it. (laughs) Holly, I like to send people off with one actionable item at the very end of the show. So what's one thing that listeners, one action that listeners can take today to get a big step closer to doing video for their business or if they're already doing video to do it better? Sure. I think if you're not already doing video first, or even if you are doing video, start with the Four pillars of pre-production. Literally get a piece of paper out and write why, who, what, and how on it and just do a little bit of a download there. If you are already making videos and you want to make better videos, I would recommend coming by and seeing me. No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just focus on creating the best possible content you can create right here, right now. Yes, that serves your audience. Audience, that audience. Holly, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate everything that you shared more than you can know. I am doing my own video struggles right now. So this is going to be helpful for me. I'm sure it's going to be helpful for listeners. Super grateful you came on today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Kelly. I really appreciate it. Okay, I hope you're feeling empowered to just walk away from this episode and hit record on your camera roll. I gotta say, I just love the way Holly shows up on video and her approach. When I watch her video content, I truly feel as though I'm sitting down to chat with a friend and Holly truly is just the best kind of human. And I don't know about you, but video is just one of those things that I think I fear as much as death. I mean, not to get too dark there, but I know I need video content. It's just one of those things that easily gets pushed to the very bottom of the to-do list week after week. I've been working on it. And let me just say, I'll lead you on how to show up when you aren't ready by showing up imperfectly on live video with this one. Video is the only type of content that will truly let your personality shine through. And that, at the end of the day, is what makes you, well, uniquely you. Please visit the show notes to find Holly's free resources and any other products or things mentioned in this episode. And hey, I really hope that after this episode, I'll get to see your face online with your fresh new video content. Until next time, Workshop Warriors, keep showing up imperfectly because that is where all good things start. Bye for now. 
Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you Workshop Warrior, you.